this is Tony Gaffestone, and you're listening to The Sound Room. It's a podcast of Peninsula Covenant Church, where we talk about God, we talk about culture, and we share stories of how God is changing lives. Currently, we are right in the end of The Art of Neighboring, which has been a series all summer long, talking about how Jesus invited us to love other people. We've talked about a good neighbor is someone who practices praying, praying for people, praying that they would know God, praying that their lives would be filled with his purpose and noticing, just literally noticing people, noticing someone who goes to the same coffee shop as you, getting to know their names, noticing your neighbor, what kind of car do they drive and why, noticing your classmate, if they look like they're having a bad day, inquiring, hey, notice this. So we're also periscoping at the same time. So if you know what periscope is, we invite people to ask questions. Yep, you can ask questions. It's a platform via Twitter. We also talk about uh, Good Neighbor Listens, right? So hopefully I'll do a good job listening to Aubrey, who's our special guest today. And I hope to do a good job listening to people who support questions on Periscope. So a good neighbor also practices the art of serving. How do we serve people around us? I have a a neighbor who happens to be a pastor (laughs) on our staff. And twice this summer, they brought over food, like a full-on dinner for us. So we didn't even have to cook any dinner. And the chicken they brought over one night was amazing. I was so (laughs) stoked. Okay, welcoming. Another art that we can practice. How do we welcome people? How do we welcome strangers? Literally welcome people into our homes. Hey, come on over. I want to welcome you to to our dinner table. Hang out. But also welcoming people into our lives, people we don't even agree with. That's the art of neighboring. What a difficult practice that is to welcome someone into your life, to say, hey, I want to learn from you. I want to listen to you. I might not agree with you or how you live your life, but I welcome you into, uh, into my life. Sharing is another art of neighboring, literally sharing our possessions, our stuff, our life, but also sharing Jesus, the hope of Jesus, which changes lives. If you're on Periscope and you have any questions or thoughts about this, please you feel free to type in. If you're on uh, iTunes or, or Sound uh, Stitcher or SoundCloud listening to this going, what is SoundCloud? Well, go ahead and, uh, well, sorry, what is Periscope? Google it and you'll find out. Uh, and the last art, we had seven of them, was understanding. How can I understand someone else's perspective. That is a really good art to practice as someone who wants to follow Jesus, literally saying, help me understand your perspective. Help me understand how you see life. Help me understand why you do the things you do. Pretty cool. So with that, I'd love to welcome Aubrey Wilkerson. It's Aubrey, not Audrey, but Aubrey, A-U-B-R-I. It's okay. People say all sorts of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Aubrey is on our staff new. She's been on our staff for two months. She's partnering with me and assisting me in getting to be the creative arts pastor. And she's producing our Sunday gatherings and helping create that culture where we can worship God and encounter Jesus every time we gather. She also has a a future in voiceover. You're going to love her (laughs) voice. So Aubrey, tell us, give us a little bit about your life. Tell the listeners who you are. Um, Okay. So as you heard from Tony, my name is Aubrey Wilkerson. Um, I just got married three months ago, so I'm still getting used to that last name. (laughs) What Um, was your former last name? It was Six, S-I-X, just like the number. Um, Don't hate. I liked it a lot. Um, (laughs) Just to get to know me a little bit, um, I 
was born in America, but I grew up overseas as a missionary kid. I lived um, in five different countries over 15 years, and then I moved back to the United States um, for college, and I had some pretty crazy experiences during those years um, with God and away from God, and um, come back around now, obviously, because here I am, but um, I'll let Tony ask me some questions. Yeah, that's my last name. Woo! What well, was my last name? <laughs> <laughs> Someone on Periscope just typed the word S-I-X. Yes, that's her last name. Former last name. Former. The artist former. formerly known as Aubrey Six. <laughs> so yeah, I'll let Tony ask me some questions if he wants, and I can, you know, kind of share my testimony and then feel free on Periscope to ask questions as well. So. Cool. By the way, also, if you are on Twitter, you can follow us at Soundroom Radio on Twitter and use that as a way to share the um, as, use that as a way to share this podcast. Okay, so Aubrey, you are what many people call an MK. Missionary kids are kids who grow up in what is called the third culture. They tend to live in between cultures. So if you're living in you know in America for three months out of the year and then you go to Denmark or China or Morocco, you are then going and tossing yourself back and forth in between culture. And you're also a part of the church culture or the missionary culture, which is a unique breed to be. So talk a little bit about that, Aubrey, and how that affected you and what that did for your life and following Jesus. Yeah. So when you're a missionary or a missionary kid, it's kind of a lonely world to begin with because you constantly ask yourself, you know, why am I like this? And why am I the one that has to give up friends every few years when we move? Why am I um, not normal? Everyone else can remember stuff from kindergarten and fourth grade. And I don't remember anything from kindergarten and fourth grade. Um, but you begin to realize that the, the, the solid in there is the calling, is the calling from God. And when you don't have your family anywhere near you, when all of your extended family is 10,000 miles away, when your local church is 10,000 miles away, you can't just go to a pastor for marriage counseling. You can't just take your kid to therapy. Half the time, you can't even talk to someone because you don't understand the language that's going on. It can become a pretty lonely world. And so you have to draw on and find that call from God that's on your life and that's pulling you because in the end, he's the one true thing that's going to actually be there for you, even when it really, really stinks. (laughs) So yeah. So Tim, Pastor Papa at Pastor Papa on Periscope says, I admire families like this so much. Thank you. So what does that mean when you hear someone like that, knowing that it isn't always easy and that it actually causes some challenges when you hear someone say, Hey, I admire you. What would you want to say to them? Uh, first, thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, I'd have to say don't ever stop and don't be silent about it. When people have to go through this or when people ch- even choose to go through this, a lot of times families don't understand. People don't understand. Why are you living 10,000 miles away? Why are you living in China? Why are you living in India? And for a missionary, it's a very simple my heart has called me and God has called me to go to these people, to love them, to give them aid in any way, physical aid or spiritual aid. And so when I hear someone say that they admire missionaries or people willing to go, even for work, 
I would say I really encourage them to be vocal about it. Get out there, support them. Just don't, don't leave them alone. Don't leave them alone on the other side of the world. Let them know that, hey, you've got family back here and we're praying for you. It sounds like the art of just being noticed and not forgotten is really important for someone who's serving on the mission field. Yeah, extremely. I mean, you're doing your marriage. If you're a married couple out there on the mission field, you're doing it all alone. There's no marriage uh, therapist for you. There's no friends, family, you know. So, yeah, it's really important. And this is, I mean, we talk about neighboring. Um, and a lot of times we literally picture the neighbor right next door. But sometimes your neighbor is 10,000 miles away from you. So, yeah, that's really important. So, Aubrey, how did you experience Jesus on the mission field? And bring us into your, you just had a birthday. You're in your mid-20s. Ugh. <laughs> and you have a vibrant relationship with Jesus. Now you believe God loves you and you've given your life to serving him. You're on staff with our church now. And I know that wasn't always the case. And as a missionary kid, it was ups and downs. So bring us into that story a little bit, how you actually made your faith personal and walking with Jesus. Sure. Um, so I was living in Taiwan um, basically for, I lived there for four years. So basically most of high school and, um, there was, I had a really, really close friend. Um, he was actually my best friend who was, um, Hindu and he was from India and, um, just a great guy. And, but, um, being a missionary over there, it, even being a missionary kid, you are a missionary. You don't get to separate just my parents are missionaries. I'm not a missionary. Um, and I think the first thing that really drew me to him was, hey, come to church, come to church. Did I think that he was wrong for being Hindu? No. Did I love him just the same? Absolutely. No difference. So um, he came to church a couple times. We became really close. We were. I was really struggling. My parents were really struggling with living all the way in Taiwan, being alone, Um, and I became really close friends with him and I, to this day, I don't know if he chose to follow Christ or not. Um, but I loved him no matter what. I still loved him a lot. And, um, I got a call one day that he had been in an accident, um, where he had been hit by a car and that he was put into a coma. Um, and he was in that coma for the next five, six months and I'd go see him every single day. Um, my friends would go. We made him, you know, a mixtape, that whole thing. And um, it was extremely hard. It was the time that I chose to walk away from God because I said, God, here's this person I've been bringing to you. I've been loving him. And now he's gone. And it took me a long time. It took several years to wrestle with, why would this happen? Why would I lose this person? Why would he pass away after being in a coma for five months? And where was God? Where was God in all of this? And why should I follow a God when I feel completely alone in all of this? So over the next couple of years, um, we moved to Japan and um, I had to go to a Christian school. And the year before I went to the Christian school, I was in everything like you that you could think of, um, just trying to escape, just trying to get away from God. Um, and here I found myself in Japan being the lonely missionary kid again. And I just left the States and I'm like, they've got everything they need there and I'm not alone there and I can do whatever I want there. And then I got put in a school in Japan that was Christian. I wasn't allowed to drink. I wasn't allowed to smoke. I wasn't allowed to, well, do anything. Um, 
And at first I was really rebellious towards it. My heart was full of grief and pride and anger. And then I began to see as I stopped coping, as I stopped putting things in my life that were trying to fill this hole with God, I started realizing God was there the whole time. He was there for me through the death of my friend. He was there for me every time I had to move. He was there for me when I was hurting myself. He was there for me. And there's no, I can't say that there was a time that I just had a vision and was like, this is it. This is it. I'm going to follow God. I can't say that. What I can say is if you look back over your life and you can see this constant recurring of joy that comes back to you, even in the midst of all this stuff, you got to ask yourself, where is that coming from? Mm. Why am I still going? Why, why didn't I give up four or five, 10 years ago? Why didn't I end it? And so I think that's how I came back to God is I just... Once I put everything else aside, the drinking and the smoking and everything, once I put it aside, I just started realizing there's a joy here. There's a joy here that I can't just push aside. And then when you start to dig into that and dig into God and go, okay, all right, come into my life. It's fine. If you want to take over, take over. It's an experience like no other. Did you have people in your life who were a part of that, who cared for you or mentored you during that time? Yeah, um... When I first lost my friend, I had uh, some friends who were pretty close to me um, who they knew that I was his closest friend. So they knew, okay, Aubrey is losing someone important here that stuck by me. And one of them was actually one of my bridesmaids (laughs) Mm. two months ago. And then when I went to Japan, one girl grabbed me by the arm and took me in and loved on me and loved on me. And she was also one of my bridesmaids two months ago. Um... Yeah, everywhere I went, actually, there was someone who neighbored me, who just accepted me, who didn't judge me for religion, for lack of religion, for actions. Um, And then the last four years, I've had the honor of my amazing maid of honor and best friend, who she comes from an absolute opposite world of me, absolute opposite in every way, has never done anything or gotten into any trouble, has lived in one house her whole life, Um, and she just loved me. And I mean, I think people are one of the biggest testimonies of God in our lives. So, yeah. What would you say to someone who feels that way, but has never even been on the mission field? Because sure. your experience was unique to you. But I think also we can all identify with the feeling of grief or anger at God or feeling boxed in and rebellious. So there's some universal things that right. we could pull from there. What would you say to that person who's listening saying, I feel like that. How do I get out of it? And I have nobody. Right, right, right. Um, I think... I think when we hear the word neighboring and even when you hear the word missionary for someone who doesn't know who a missionary is or what that even means, um, it can seem really far away. Even neighboring can seem so, but how? I don't know anybody and no one's neighboring me. Who's neighboring me? And I think the best thing that can happen in a person's life, no matter where you live, is action. Take a first step. I know it sucks. And I know it's hard sometimes, but to just move, move your feet. And that means joining a church. That means joining um, a social group. That means, you know, trying a new art form. That means basically just sticking your neck out there a little bit. And it's the hardest move, but it's the, it's worth it. And then that 
is going to bring that neighboring down to a much more realistic, hey, neighboring is just this person I met at my new small group that I get to talk to every once in a while. That's it. It doesn't have to be anything huge. It's relatable. I love that the word neighboring is, is this verb, right? To think about like I get to neighbor someone and someone can neighbor me. In the church world, we use the word disciple a lot. But think back to when Jesus talked about what it meant to be a good neighbor. He used the parable of the Good Samaritan. Mm-hmm. And the Good Samaritan was one who saw somebody who had been beaten to a pulp and cared for that person and sacrificed and literally picked this person up and moved them to a place to be healed, while other people who were religious or who were the people of the time that claimed to represent God didn't. And it's interesting when I think about our culture, um, you know, we're on the inside of the church. We are not only Jesus followers, we also have this position or title, which isn't always the best, but as a staff person of the church, I always think about people who are hearing these stories and feel like, you know, the church has let me down. The church has not been there for me. And even, you know, we talked about on our uh, episode 11, which was the one that we previously posted, there's a whole community of people who felt betrayed and condemned by the church. And I just feel so much we need to continually learn how to say I'm sorry to a culture who we have not neighbored well or have not loved well. And I'm wondering if you can speak to that at all, just any of experiences you have had in that area. Yeah. I didn't realize until I was, gosh, 24, that I thought differently. And it's something that third culture kids or missionary kids um, grow up with that they're not even aware of. But you you move back to your home country and you suddenly realize, oh, <laughs> not everyone thinks like me. And sometimes I can come off rude because I'm like, well, why wouldn't you just go overseas? Why wouldn't you? And everyone has their own reasons. But what I'm trying to get back to is um, for someone who has been offended by the church or um, even a Christian or someone of another religion has hurt you, one, yeah, I think we should say sorry. But two, there's a way of thinking that not just third culture kids can can experience. There's a way of thinking of it doesn't matter who you are or where you're from. That's no reason to judge you. Now, where, you are, where you're from and who you are does make you who you are. And I'm going to love you for that, no matter what. And when I was about 24, I uh, started working somewhere where my manager had very, very different belief system than me. I didn't, that doesn't matter. Like, I'm still going to love you. If, if you. if you're a true Christian, you are called to love. You're called to love anyone. And about a year into it, he said, you know what? I never would have hired you. I never would have hired you because of your belief system. Wow. And he said, now I think you fit in more than anybody else here. And one day I just sat with him after work and talked to him. And he goes, I don't understand. You're not supposed to like me. You're mm. not supposed to talk to me or love me. And the fact is everyone's hurting, no matter what your belief system is, or if you've been a Christian or fallen away from it or anything, everyone's hurting. Everyone deserves to be loved. So, yeah. One of our Periscope listeners over here, Jamie, I didn't get a chance to see your whole thing, but I saw you said something like life is what it is. And that's a very common phrase. People say it is what it is. And that usually we say that and we mean like, ah, it's so frustrating. We can't change it or it is what, is what it is. We got to accept it. And I think 
we have a responsibility to try and change things. There are things that they're out of our control. It is what it is. This person's done this to me or said this about me or won't whatever return my phone call or meet with me. But I think we as followers of Christ have a mandate to make a difference and try. I mean, Paul, the apostle Paul said, as long as it depends on you, be at peace with everyone. So if someone's mad at you, even Jesus said, if you are offering something at the altar, if you are worshiping God, and for us as a um, a culture who worships on Sunday in a building, you know, we sing, we raise our hands, there's kind of that idea or taking communion. If you're, you know, worshiping God, all of a sudden you realize, I, I hate somebody, or I'm pissed off at somebody in this room, or I'm disgruntled at somebody in leadership or authority put your hands down and go talk to somebody. Go talk to them about it. As long as it depends on you, we need to be at peace with all people. And that's hard work. It's actually tiring to feel like over and over you're going, hey, are we okay? Is there something that we need to talk about? Or hey, you know, someone, uh, you know, I just met with someone this afternoon that uh, was a part of our church. And she was just saying a couple people have left our church and they were... um, disgruntled and sad. And I just go, ah, oh, it, it seems overwhelming to me to try to track down people in some respect. I want to, I want to say to that person like, Hey, I am so sorry you left here and felt hurt or discouraged. And, you know, with someone who will never come here, I think when we identify ourselves as a Christian, we just need to do good at listening and asking like, Hey, how has your treatment been from the church or people that you know have been calling themselves Christians and learn to say, you know what? I'm so sorry. I, one of my favorite things, I don't know where I got it, but was uh, God will never have to apologize to us because he never sins against us, mm-hmm. but he will say, I'm sorry for the way my people treated you. That mm-hmm. was never my intention. And that always really, hi, Bethany. She just joined on Periscope. That always really hit me that God will never have to apologize because he doesn't hurt us, but he knows his people do commit sin and they do hurt people. And he will say, I'm sorry for the way you were treated. Yeah. Like, that goes back to what I was saying earlier. Even if you're not a Christian, if you're feeling, if you're feeling alone or if you're feeling hurt or mad at God or don't even believe God exists, the first thing you got to do is take that step, stick your neck out there talk to somebody, go out there. And I, I am sorry if you have talked to people and they have judged you wrong. Um, we are called to love and, you know, we are called to, to sit with you and be with you. That doesn't mean that Christians are going to necessarily jump into the same things that someone of another religion or someone of another belief is going to do. Um, but that doesn't mean we can't still be friends with them and befriend them and, Love on them. So, yeah. Well, Aubrey, Jamie over here on Periscope saying, hey, does Aubrey have a Periscope? <laughs> Not yet. I'm trying to get her to get on Facebook, this girl over here. Oh, I don't have a Facebook or Twitter. <laughs> you have to come talk to me. So that might change, though. Just hang on. Yeah, that, might that, might, that might change. Aubrey, we are so glad that you are in our church family, and I'm so glad that you're on staff. Aubrey and I just had a one-on-one review, and we're talking. She's only been here two months but she's been an awesome partner and she's got tons of joy and enthusiasm and she's willing to learn and say, help me, where are my blind spots? And she's doing the same thing with me. So hopefully she'll be a guest on this podcast again. And hopefully you'll, you'll definitely, if you periscope with me, you'll see her and you'll see Romelis a lot. Who's right here. 
because we get to do a lot of hanging out we'll together and team stuff. Yeah. Join us on Sundays. I try to Periscope on Sunday night. If you are in the Redwood City area and you're looking for a church to join, please look us up. We are PCC.com. We meet in the morning in a building on 3560 Farm Hill Boulevard. And we meet at night downtown Redwood City at 2200 Broadway at 5 p.m. out in the square. One of my favorite gatherings because it's outside. It's organic. It's very conversational and eating food together, very much like the early disciples would have done. So anything else, Aubrey, you want to say to our listeners here? Um, Thank you for listening. Um, Yeah. I would say keep tuning in. Uh, grow with us. Don't don't just come in one time, check us out, and be like, okay, I'm over there. Come back. Um, I had a pastor who used to say, go to everything three times because every time is different. Ooh, that's a good one. Give it a chance. Woo-hoo. Right on. Well, yeah, definitely. I like that. Grow with us. Help us. Thank you for giving us hearts on Periscope over there. That's great. And this is episode 12. So we're still learning how to do this thing and still learning what what we want to talk about. But every time you tune in, our hope is you hear about God, you hear God loves you and you hear that uh, you have a mission in this life and God created you. Our podcasts are on iTunes, on Stitcher or on SoundCloud. So you please share it with your friends, subscribe. And if you're on iTunes, write a review for us. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in. God loves you and be people changing communities. Mm